Coming up in this episode of the Super Pessis Roundup podcast, we look at all the latest news, including a look back at the career of Tony Kohonen. Plus, we preview the Super Pessis men's and women's first round playoff games. That's all coming up on the Super Pessis Roundup podcast. Welcome to episode 32 of the Super Pessis Roundup podcast. Joining me as always is our resident coach, it's Mikko Pierhonen. Mikko, how are you doing? If I've said in the previous podcast that we are approaching the business and we right, right now we are at, uh, <laughs> in the very, like, if not the, at the thick of it, but now we are there. So we are in the playoff season, so... I'm my focus is entirely on that. <laughs> way way too much in yeah. my life, but that's another topic. But but yeah, it's good to it's good to talk to people around the game about these things, and you can hear the excitement. And there's a lot of things going on on every stage uh, of of the game. So yeah, all good. Well, I was going to say the atmosphere must be electric, but. That literally is the case because there's a lot of storms <laughs> where yeah. you are at the and, moment. Uh, of course, it's uh, creating some kind of like issues now that. But then again, uh, it, we're talking about Finland, and uh, in order to get a storm, you would have to get like temperatures of twenty-five to thirty degrees Celsius. And at this point of August, it's uh, like once in 20 years. So <laughs> that's a positive <laughs> to me. So, And he's back, my friend from across the pond. It's Ron Bronson. Ron, welcome back to the podcast. Good to see you, boys. It's been a minute. It's good to see you. Well, we'll, we'll come on to... Um, bits and bobs in terms of the uh, how the teams are shaping up ready for the postseason a little bit later on and I'm sure Ron you're eager to offer your views on uh, on Vimpley this season in particular um, but before we get to that um, there's a number of items in the news um, in our last podcast we talked about uh, in fact the very day that we recorded there was some breaking news uh, in respect of some alleged uh, harassment from uh, a person connected to uh, KPL against players uh, from Mansa. We've now seen that uh, investigation uh, from the league and it was disclosed that the person that they were considering was the uh, chairman of KPL. But the findings from the the league uh, clear him completely of any wrongdoing. And in fact, suggest it was somebody else in the stands. Now, 
I suppose a lot of people on things have already made their minds up um, about what was or wasn't going on um, before they even bothered to look at the the league's findings, um, such as the way with with things and certainly with sport, people have allegiances and they'll take what they want when they see the headlines before they actually read the stories. Um, but it's it's a it's a helpful way forward, I suppose, for the sport that now we that chapter's closed, we can all move forwards. Um, Mikko, was there anything you wanted to add, really, about that story? Well, yeah, I I, I think that my friend put it quite well that since we are in a situation where there's absolutely no video footage of the incident, there are no witnesses, or if even if there would be, uh, that would be like pr- pretty much useless, to be honest, and. Uh, he my my friend he he owns a pub and i think that he put it well that if there is some kind of a like not a fight but if if two people get into an argument in a pub the worst way to start to take a look at what has happened is to ask each party what has happened <laughs> and that is exactly <laughs> what happened in this investigation that uh, they asked uh, the party that was accused that did you do it and he said that no and that's the end of it case closed <laughs> so <laughs> I mean that's uh, for me that's like yeah Yes, well, um, being being a lawyer and doing the job that I do, quite often you're dealing with allegations where you've just got one person's word against another, and um, it it really can be challenging to get to the truth because both parties have their own views as to what has or hasn't happened. Um, but that matter's now put to to rest, as far as uh, everybody's concerned. We're moving on. Nobody's talking about it anymore, which is probably one of the main things we're moving on to bigger and better things and in fact one of the best things that's happened in the news recently siri eskela's 100 plus rbi season uh in the uh, previous podcasts wondering whether she'd break that uh 100 um milestone uh, in terms of rbis um but ron i'd love to know your thoughts um on how um siri eskela um played this season and and what you thought of her breaking that record it's so cool like you know for fans who listen to this podcast who are like you know you watch north american sports or whatever and you like think of the free agent who leaves the one place and goes somewhere else this is like such a cool story because she was okay and you ask her but she plays on such a she played on a dominant team with some really big personalities you know in terms of players so for her to leave there Go to a place like Mansa, which, you know, last year thought they could do the double, you know, the men's and women's team both winning at the same time. And to go to a place like that and to distinguish yourself as the best hitter in the game, period, full stop. 
is astounding. And she just never stopped. Like, Emma Corco always hits home runs, right? Like, you know, like, you know, Niemi's always good for, you know, a hundred, you know, a billion RB, you know, but a billion top hits, and it'll, it'll put the ball to my house in America, you know, like, but for somebody that came out of nowhere to level up her game to this level, and it's not a bait all season long. Like, every time you looked at a game, she's did RBI here, home run there. Oh, she's going to hit two RB runs in this game was really, really, really cool. Because, like, beginning of the year, we didn't talk about her. We didn't bring her name up. Like, like I don't know that no one saw us coming, but, like, this is – to do it like this, it's one thing for her to lead the league in, you know, in RBI, um, in home – obviously, it's high, the all-time home run record at 13 um, to do that. But to do it the way she did it in such a dominant fashion, I just thought was really, 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 really cool. Um, so shout out to her. What a, what a season. Hope she can keep it up. I guess that's the real question. Is, is this a one-year thing? Or are we going to, like, is this the new era where it's a baton pass from the Lapistos and the, and the Kirkos to Siri Escala being the player we mentioned in that same class? Because she's there now. Like, So, yeah, I'm glad I got to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's an interesting um, point you make, Ron, because uh, obviously one of the things we were talking about last time was whether the game is sort of changing, the dynamic of the game is sort of changing, certainly the women's game, uh, and we're seeing these kind of numbers, but um, it'll be interesting to see how those things um, develop in, in the future. Um, Miko, this is something that you've been following closely as well, of course, and uh, you've been saying to me for quite some time, this, this is something special. Well, yeah, I mean... Uh... I I think that Ron laid the like the ground for this exceptionally well because uh, okay last year she played as a joker and she left uh, to get like to also play on the outfield and uh, last year she was fourth in the like the runs batted in in total so she was good so she hit like sixty runs but. She was overshadowed by Emma Kirk and uh, Lepista and uh, Susana Puisto. But uh, but yeah, I mean, she was good. But normally, when you move to outfield, that automatically means that you get fewer chances. And even though they have exceptionally fast players, like a uh, shout out, a big shout out to uh, Saga Angelia Rauda Soya. Who won? Like, um, was was the correct term? But I mean, I I think that the easiest way to say it is that the the anal- analysis and the analytics that we are looking at right now and the teams are looking right now is that she's the fastest player that who has ever like being recorded uh, to play in the women's game uh, during the modern era. And so she's like raising that to a whole other level. And uh, they have three or four of those in the team, but that doesn't take that. That just enables Escola to do her thing. But but yeah, I, I will stand with what I said uh in the last episode, that uh, she's the female Shohei Ohtani, and <laughs> so I will I will go with that, and that's my final say of it. 
So from a record-breaking uh, season uh, for Serie Escola to uh, one of the legends of the game, Tony Kohonen, we've now seen his last game. Um, as IPV bowed out at the end of this season, obviously for quite some time now they, they were out of the running for a spot in the top eight. But there was some possibility of them dropping into the uh, bottom two. Uh, thankfully, they didn't. Um, it was a bit of an outside chance. They stayed clear of it. But of course, with it, it comes the end of a, an era. And for me, certainly a golden era. Because, um, Ron, much like yourself, when I came to the game, um, it was the sort of uh, Vimpoli and Sotkamo heyday. And, um, you know, obviously Tony Kohonen played a, a major part in, in that rivalry. Um, so a very big figure um, in my memories of the game. Um, Ron, what are your memories of uh, Tony? You, you've met him several times, I believe. I have, which is pretty cool. Like, it's pretty neat that even before I'd been to Finland, I met him, which is, you know, his first trip to America. And so, uh, and of course, we got, you know, you know, you and I ran into him at the All-Star Game last year briefly, which was really neat. And, um, but no, I just, it's one thing to be a titan of the game. It's another thing to, you know, yesterday, so of course, if you watch online, people, you go to the Super Paces, uh Instagram or Twitter, you'll see that he got to pitch one pitch yesterday. And I could tell that he was pissed off that they made him do it because he's like, he cares so much for the integrity of the game. He's like, I'm not a pitcher anymore. I don't do this anymore. Don't have me do this sideshow because we're playing the game and we're and we're getting killed. We're down eleven to four in the second half. This is my last game. We're gonna lose. And I just loved how competitive. I wanted to see him pitch one time. I'm like you gotta let him pitch before he finishes. You have to. You have to do it. So I'm glad that Soraka was like, you know what? I know whatever. I'm sure they had talked about it. They told me he's gonna do it, but they never really had a good opportunity. The game's almost over. They're down eleven to four. You gotta give him one. So, but I loved his reaction to like, he did it and then he gives a run up and he's like, okay, I'm not doing this anymore. That's how you know how unplanned it was because you wouldn't give him just one pitch. You'd give him, a, you'd give him an inning or something. You wouldn't. But clearly if he gave a run up, he's like, I'm so annoyed. No, I'm not. I'm going back to where I was because we're losing and we're not doing this. And so even going out as a player, you could tell what kind of guy he was in the locker room. You can tell what kind of, what kind of teammate he was because just in that exchange for us as fans, you know, we're all sports fans. Obviously, you've coached. I've coached. Like, you could tell just unwritten, even obviously not knowing the language, you understood what was going on in that little segment. And I thought that was – I told a friend of mine, we were WhatsApping the whole time, and I said, I just love this dude so much for the, that, just seeing that competitiveness at the very end of a game that he's pissed off that they lost. Yeah, it's emotional, but he's mad he didn't win. He wanted to win yesterday. He wanted to play in a playoffs one more time. He didn't want the season to be done yet. And I thought that was really cool. So just, you know, the impact, the legacy, obviously, as fans he had on us as fans, international fans, but for all these generations of players who will now have this, he played 30 years. So there are a lot of guys and women by proxy who are impacted by his presence in the game. I'll, I'll let Miko, who has a lot more to say about this, obviously, um, as somebody who's actually been around the game and been on the field. But I just think what a... I, it, you know, to play that long was really, really cool, and I respect it so, so much. Excited to see what he does next. When we were talking about him at the previews, we mentioned that he wasn't just going to IPV to be a mentor. He wanted to win. Miko, what are your thoughts on uh, Tony Kohonen? 
Yeah, I think that yesterday the only two people that didn't like give public congratulations to the man were our prime minister and the president. Because, uh, I mean, literally, uh, he is the only Pesapala player who would get that kind of recognition that we would have, like, Temuselan, uh, like, our, probably our best ice hockey player of all time, which is saying something because it's the most popular sport in, in the in the country he was actually there and he's actually his friend and so, so is Sami Hupia like a Champions League winning uh, footballer from from his Liverpool days and like Demo Salano for example said that when he was hosting a TV show that had all these like uh, sports personalities from different sports he said that uh, Kohonen is the most versatile uh, athlete that he has met and like due to his background and he just like Ron said that he just refuses to lose that if he would have been an Olympic athlete he would just he, he would have just gone to the Olympics not just to win himself but he would have just carried the team with him saying that look there's no other option we just we're going there to win and that was like uh <laughs> Because some of the uh, other like really strong, uh, strong characters in the same locker rooms that I like know several stories uh, about that and that how they have clashed over uh, certain situations because they have just wanted to win so much, and uh, but that that was like their. They just did it for the sake of finding the way to win, and that that was saying like saying something that, uh, for example, one part of it was that when uh, we've talked about, uh, quite a <laughs> quite often about the two thousand and ten finals when Vimpeli uh, broke the hoodoo and actually won, and uh, so. Uh, the silver medal that Kohonen received that day, it lays on at the bottom of Savonyok. So immediately after the game, he just threw it over there and said that, who, um, okay, this, I'm, 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 I'm not going to curse here, but he, he was just saying that, okay, who needs silver medals anyway? And he just tossed it there. <laughs> so he was there to win, not just like to be the best player on the pitch and be second best so that was not good enough for him but but yeah uh i will just one more thing that i really like like to add which i also like wrote about last season was that uh growing up like uh, 60 70 kilometers from him him being like five years older than me uh, he was always somebody that I hardly ever played against, but uh, when he actually broke out to like to be the number one pitcher of the Kite team, uh, I was like 15, 16, 17 at the time, so I wasn't playing, and we, we were playing like a level above with uh, Johansu. So, 
But it was always like, even though I didn't have a driver's license, I just made my dad like drive us to the games. Like we had been doing, like we have stopped doing that maybe five years before that. You couldn't see those on TV, but you had to see him play. I mean, he was like, like I said, that he was like a raging bull. That was the that was the only term that he was just all over the place, and he was just his madman, like in a positive sense of the word. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's like <clears throat> this is this sounds like a, like those were the shows, quote unquote. But yeah. Uh, 26 years or so, I think, uh, on Super Pesis level, uh, 20 something All Star games. Uh, I know that in my lifetime, I'll never see a player like him. No, no way. Uh, as a total package. But yeah. So kudos to him. And one of the other things I wanted to talk about before we move on to the teams that have made the playoffs, um, is uh, Senioki. Now, very early on, we were talking about how disappointed we all were as to how the team were performing um, pretty much down at the bottom end of that table for at least half, nearly two-thirds of the season. Um, they seem to almost get a little bit of a spark partway through July, and start to just about gain enough momentum. And the schedule sort of favoured them towards the latter end of the season as well. So remarkably, by the end of the season, the final day, they ended up in ninth. Now, if if you'd have asked me, would they end up in ninth? Um early in July, I would have said, that's that's impossible. It's not going to happen. And yet, that's exactly what did happen. So it was a remarkable recovery uh, from the team. I did um, joke with... Um, there was a, a friend who Ron helped me get in contact with whilst I was over in Finland, um, who's uh, a Yumi Asit fan. And um, I joked saying that uh, after he'd been there, he must have brought them a bit of good luck because they were playing much better after they saw him in the stands. Well, there we are. They finished in ninth. Um, Mikko, what did you make of their recovery of their season? Well, yeah, some some things fell into place. Uh, First of all, their joker... Marcus Hallasu started to like he found his stride. He's like very much on and off uh, with his batting, so he found he he was one of the top ten batters in the latter half of the season, and their outfield was actually pretty good. Jonah Lehtinen is an excellent pitcher, and uh, he's just he just keeps improving, but. Overall, I think that this team that just they just gained momentum and they started they just focused on this year and the games that they had left like in the regular season, uh, not thinking about what lays forward because we know all of, 
we all know about the uncertainty around the whole thing and even i have said out loud in this podcast that why do they exist like these days because they have tried their hand at like putting all, all the money in and it, it just didn't work out and now now they're like left with what they have and they just made the most of it and uh yeah i tip my cap i mean the they did a good job and uh, now it's up to other people. So moving on from our news, we now focus on the the main part of this podcast, really, and that's looking at the playoffs. Um, starting with the men's, of course, uh, this year we're going back to the usual first team plays eighth and so on and so forth. So the first matchup that we'll be looking at is uh, Vimpoli versus Kite. Now, Kite were firmly in eighth. There wasn't any chance really of them ending up in seventh. And there wasn't really any much chance of them ending up lower than eighth. Um, but Vimpley have had an absolutely remarkable season. But this matchup for me is only one-sided. For me, I think Vimpley are going to breeze it. I I can't see it any other way. I know Kite has um, a lot of promise but the way Vimpoli are playing I don't think that Kite has the um, the consistency at the moment to be able to overturn that and I, I think this one's a, a one-sided contest so I'll, I'll uh, stick my neck out and say Vimpoli will win. So um, Ron, you're back Let's talk about Vimpley. Um, what have you been making of them this year, and how do you think they'll shape up in this uh, first round? Hey, look, we learned our lesson last year when IPV play the number one seed and almost, barring some ridiculousness, almost pulled the thing out. So I don't know that you should, after last year, take an A seed. Even an, uh, an that team was way overmatched. Versus what this series is. Kite played Vimpoli pretty tough on the 21st of July. They didn't win. But they played him alright. They got blown out in the beginning of this, the first time they played them. But it's alright. I mean, obviously, yes. I, I have a hard time believing that Niskanen's led this team this far with all those bats. For context, Vimpoli's outscored all the men's division. And they're the second uh, the second uh, lowest uh, run, run, runs allowed team in the league, too. So, like, I mean, so it's not as one thing to just be, like, destroying the cover off the ball as they've done all year, but to also play good enough defense. And, of course, let's talk about that Vimpoli pitching. My goodness, right? I mean, that's what happens when you get rid of a joker who pitches for a proper veteran pitcher who also levels up because now he's got something to play for, right? And that was always the wild card. That was always the wild card is pitching, right? How do you cope with losing Ruska? And how do you cope with this pitching situation? Well, they saw two birds with one stone. The offense turns out the team played better without Ruska. He's still good, but doesn't matter, turns out. Yeah, I was surprised too. And then the pitching got dramatically better because you brought in a veteran pitcher. So, yeah, I think I think obviously I say I say Vimpoli in three. I have a hard time imagining Kitsa taking any of those games. Vimpoli lost one one zero point lost all year. I don't think they get one in this in this series. Maybe later, but not yet. Miko, any thoughts? I think that I I can sum it up 
by percentages that we like calculated for the team going through from this series and for each each of these four series to actually but, uh for this series it was like ninety six percent Vimpeli and uh Kite gets like a four percent chance to advance from a best out of five series which like says it all that you're telling me there's a chance kind of situation that it's like uh yeah I mean they, they may get a yaksa from an odd game and that's that's their like only opportunity but like if you take if you just take a take a look at the teams how they have been performing even though Kite has a healthy roster at their disposal right now uh, that would pretty much be like uh, Vimpeli's second team to be honest and uh, like uh, not entirely so but yeah Hey, who knows this is sports but now we're just uh throwing cliches over there and so on so why why make it more complicated than it is uh i just hope that uh like two things that i hope is that kite goes to sarakenta and actually gives them a run for their money so that they don't just go to the sides and try to prevent the ball from going to the river because they will hit the ball to to each side of you all day and just destroy you like that. Okay, you don't want to go to the river and pick the ball from there, but good sides go there and play like, like they normally do. And when they go, like when Vimpeli goes to keep there, that's like, yeah. Like Ron said that uh, on their day, Kite can give them like a good game. But yeah, let's let's just say that it's 3-0 and that's it. So then the second uh, matchup we're looking at is uh, Mansa, who are the reigning champions, of course, uh, against a, a slightly more hindered uh, Kempele after um, one of their key players uh, suffered an injury very very close to the, the end of the season. Um, for, for me, that, that injury is, is crucial in as much as giving Kempele any sort of real chance. They, they're, they're a much better side than, than they have been uh, several years ago. They improve year on year. I love what they're doing. I love the setup that they've got there. But Mansa, so much more experience. They want to to push forward and um, christen the new Calpi uh, Stadium with another championship. So I foresee them winning uh, th- this matchup at a, at a push. Uh, maybe you'd see um, a Yaxo or two going. Kempeli's way, but I'd I'd be hard pressed to see Mansa lose any games to Kempeli. Miko, your thoughts? I think that after the, that particular injury, Kempeli has just been paralyzed. I mean, they were they got into the a state of shock and they played some 
awful, awful games, and like everything just started to spiral out of their hands, and like ah, it was like it it it's been such a mess, and I just hope that they gain can gain some like like a uh, a fresh start, which is a lot to ask in this like uh, within what five days or so, three days after the regular season ends, but, uh, and they have a pretty hard task to begin with. And so <clears throat> also in this case, we're looking at, an, at a favorite that has odds of over 90% to go through. And that's the harsh reality of it. And I also very much think that due to like, Monster will take any three wins uh, any way they can get those, but it wouldn't actually be bad for them to prevent having the extra trip to North, like just to give some rest to the experienced players so they can be fresh later on. But I would have wished to see like a more even series which is ridiculous to say before the season as serious has even begun. But, uh, but yeah, trainial also. So that's, yeah, that's boring, but that's how it is. This, this is a monster side who um, a majority of their key players are older players. They're at the, uh, the older age range as well. So having that little bit of extra rest is perhaps a little better. I say as a, a person who's the same age as most of these people, by the way, I, I could do with the rest. I, I know I could if I was playing that much. Um, but uh, Ron, you, your thoughts on this matchup? I can't believe his best player is Simi Hapakowski. Tells you all you need to know about their chances. Like, shout out to Simi Hapakowski, but like, dude is in his 40s. And he's their best player. It's not a good sign. Like this isn't. It's not 2010 anymore. <laughs> like, like, so, so yeah. Everything Miko said. Three o, three o, three o. Monster's not losing this thing. They put too much money in the situation. So from those two pretty clear cut, um, first round uh, playoff matchups, we move on to a matchup that actually could be a lot closer than some people originally think. Um. Sotokamo have drawn up against uh, Jonsson Myler. And Jonsson, for me, seemed to be the bogey team for Sotokamo. Maybe it's because Vili Valiaho used to play for them. Maybe he's got a bit of a um, uh, a bit of a grudge for the way that he was sidelined as a pitcher. Uh, puts perhaps that little bit of extra effort in. I don't know what it is. But um, Sotokamo seemed to struggle against Jonsson. And we saw them last year in this first round, uh, go to full five games. I could easily see it going to full five games again this year, just on that sort of uh, intensity that these two teams seem to have. Um, I know we've talked a, a little bit about how Yo and Sue seem to falter now and then, but I don't know. I, something tells me it'll be close, but South Carmel will edge it. I think that Sotkamo three out of four, like that's their chance. Give or take a couple of percentages, but uh, basic. I mean, this is this is a bit of a grudge match. I mean, this is not an exact rivalry, but it's like 
it's close to that. I mean, they played like in the semifinals for a decade or so, and they they've had some pretty heated ones because a lot of players have come previously also from uh, South Kamo to Joensu, and uh, and like they played a lot of semifinals, like I said, where uh, Joensu had, for example, won the regular se- season and then they lost to South Kamo. So they that that was the hurdle that they were unable to overcome on a lot of seasons before they actually won the championship. So, but even these days, it's like, um, yeah, maybe a bit of a bogey team. Yeah. But I would pay more attention to, uh, what kind of, I mean, what kind of games we saw last season when, when these two teams faced each other, I mean, before that, Joensu was looking like the team that they are looking they have been looking this season at their worst that they were kind of like a nine to five team so to say that they they showed uh, little to no passion whatsoever or leadership or something like that even though they have players like Alexei Audian and Mikko Kempan and so on within their ranks uh, at that time so <sighs> Now it's like I'm still thinking that what what is what is this Yoenso team that all of a sudden they came to life like last season when the uh, quarterfinal started and they almost like they were this close to pulling off a surprise and so yeah I would give them that like I would keep that back door open so to say but. <sighs> But still, I think that now that Sotkamo is healthy, they there it's it's not a given that Joensu can extend that series all the way to five games. And I'm going to be, yeah, I'm I'm not going for the underdog uh, this time either. So, but I I I need <laughs> to give them one game. Uh, so I will go three one Sotcom. Well, of course, um, we've seen uh, Sotcom and Jonsu play four times in total this year. Of course, in the regular season and in the um, Mahalia Sam as well. And uh, yeah, Jonsu won three of the four when you look at it on paper. But that's on paper. <laughs> when you look at the way the teams are playing. And for me, the, the key for, for Sotokomo is how well defensively they've played this year. And Yossi Hapakoski coming in effectively, as I like to call him a defensive coordinator, um, has, has really tightened up uh, that Sotokomo defence. Um, Ron, your thoughts on this matchup? Um, my thoughts, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go against the coach on this one just to create a little spice. Um, I think uh, I'm going Yansu in four. I think they're going to surprise. Like you said, you stole my stat. They 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 won they won the season series. Um, they're not scared of this team, and Sakamo expects to win. 
but that doesn't mean it's going to translate to actual wins. So if they don't punch him in the mouth and win two in a row, start off, like Sakamo splits this thing and they go 1-1, one, one, and they got to go, I don't know. Like, I think that, I think that, I don't know why. I have no, I couldn't tell you, I think it's a player that would step up and do it. You're like, oh yeah, this is the key. I don't think so. I just think that mindset-wise... This is this is a finals game that just happens to be in the first round. When I saw that matchup, I thought, "Oh, wild! Those two, oof! They both hate being here. This is not what they want. You know, you don't want this matchup in the first round. I don't care who's on these teams." And so, yeah, so I'm going, I'm going Yoman five just just to be spicy. Yeah, uh, of course, all of us, like all three of us, know this, but it's it's an interesting, like a, a little spice to the. Uh, to the series that the game manager of Yoansu is like born and bred in Sotkamo. Uh, he's been a, like a player in a lot of their uh, championship winning sides alongside legends. Uh, and uh, and his son plays for Sotkamo. So it's like <laughs> that's, a, that's also a pretty wild scenario if you think about it. Uh, but yeah. It's going to be, I think it's going to be a bit of a heated series. And uh, between two excellent pitches to actually, Kalia has been really good this year. And I consider Apokomolan to be the best in the business uh, so far this season. (laughs) We're not going to get into discussing about (laughs) Kinnunen right now. But but yeah, anyway, uh, yeah, that's good. And then the final matchup. Uh, that we have in the men's is uh, KPL against uh, Hoovenkland Darko. Now, Darko have had their ups and downs this season, but seemingly so have KPL. Uh, we we thought quite highly of them early on in the season, but they, they seem to drop off. We saw Yannick uh, Ipipelto away um, from, from the game for a, a few uh, weeks. Um We've seen some very strange results from them. In particular, um, I remember when I was there in Corbeline, I talked about this last time, um, Patioki's victory was... It, it was a remarkable game. It was a very strange game. But again, we, we've then seen them come out and, and blast their opponents as well. So a very up-and-down team at the moment, perhaps. I'd probably still give the edge to, to KPL, in particular because they've got the home field advantage. But um, Tarko are more than capable of taking a few games, possibly even causing an upset. I wouldn't rule that out, but um, it's possible. Um, Miko, your thoughts? In this one, we're having a scenario where uh, it's like... uh, you would have the head coach and the offensive coordinator or something like that from an NFL team and you would have the offensive coordinator depart and they would face each other in the playoffs because uh, Jaime was at Huvinka while uh, Ante Ulisana Maki was the game manager for the Huvinka Taco ladies and uh and they did a lot of like tactical research together. They talked about the game and the, like improving the game and the like the di- dynamics of the game. And they have remained like they have kept on doing that like throughout the years. 
And it's been interesting to watch their games between each other because they know the the teams and the game managers know each other so well. They now it's like a game of chess, so to say that. I I know what you think that I think that you think that I think that so it's like an end of endless cycle that we all know their qualities that they have in their disposal that yeah I mean this is also I I would say the three out of four uh, Kovala advances from this series but. Uh, But I think that Taco has a better chance of advancing uh, against Kovala than they would have had against Sotkamo. Even though they won in Sotkamo, they were a big underdog uh, for like seven innings. And then they just had like two big hits and that, that was pretty much it. But... Other than that, they were they were just all the time they were behind. But <clears throat> okay, uh, I'll stick to my guns and say that he also in this pair we will have Kovala advance, but it will go to five games. I was going to say if the matchups had been the other way around, it would have been much clearer for Sotkamo and KPL to advance. Uh, But that will just about do it for uh, the men's previews. Join us after the short break and we'll be looking at the women's previews. Okay, uh, so welcome back. We're now talking about the Matchups that we have in the women's Super Passes playoffs. Um, a little bit of movement here and there towards the, the last few uh, days of the season. Um, ultimately, of course, Mansa didn't really look like losing their lead at the top of the league. They square up against Hervin Kantarko, who snuck in under the radar. <laughs> The radar for um, eighth place just at the very end of the season. Um, for me, th- there's there's not much to talk about. Mansa are an incredible team at the moment. Ron, this is the women women's series, and the and the disparity between top teams and bottom teams is too significant. This isn't like the men's deal where you can get a like I said like an IPV go and surprise you. This isn't happening here. Uh, that Mansa team is a well-oiled machine. And after not winning last year, they really won it. There's their inspired uh, man says, I'm in a sweep, three straight. Miko? Yeah, uh, just to keep it short, I will read to you guys the stat line. Uh, they played twice this season in the regular uh, season, during the regular season. Uh, Monsi got six, point, six points out of those two games, and they scored. 33 runs against four conceded. And <laughs> that would be the end of my argument. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's not much else to say there. Uh, you, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's uh, it's it's a pretty much foregone conclusion. Um, a slightly more curious matchup, I'll, I'll put it that way, um, is Pori uh, against uh, Mylatret. I say curious because we see Myla Tourette now and then sort of edging 
past some of these teams, giving them a bit of a game. But uh, for me, th- this is Pori's, um series. They're going to win it. But maybe, just maybe, Malatret will just win a game, maybe at home, uh, in front of the home crowd, give them something to cheer about. Um, but f- the fact that they're in the playoffs at all, and in fact in seventh, I mean, that's an incredible achievement. Yeah, for them to be here is really cool. Great Phyllis fans, well-deserved. Um, um, I will say that, you know, a couple of days ago, they you know, uh, Milo Tourette did beat Pori. Like, it did happen. So, I mean, you know, I mean, so they the girls had that fresh on their mind. They played them close. Um, I mean, it's the end of the year, you know, garbage time, but still. Um, they're playing pretty well of late. Um, and actually, what's funny is they 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 went to they beat Lapua and then and then beat Pori right after. So like, I mean, I would they're not going to win the series. This is a this is a sweep. Um, Pori in three. The defending champs aren't going down right here. That team is inspired. Uh, Miko, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I I just agree completely. Uh, I think that this this series has. In my eyes, it's it's more about looking to the future that, uh, like we have sw- spoken about in the season previous and so on, that Vasa is like a place where it it has all these opportunities for for players to actually build a life, uh, and like around uh, playing Pesapal. So it's like. Uh, reaching the playoffs and having a season like this, I, I think that they they will be swept in this one and they they will end up like they will have an excellent season. But if they want if they want to add a player or two like to their lineup for next season, and the young players will keep on improving, I think that. It's not gonna be hard to find those couple of like nice additions to the lineup after this season because they have been the surprise package. Yeah, I mean, Varsa is uh, a place where there's a lot of interest at the moment uh, in Pesapalo, and and there's a lot of room to grow. In fact, um, when I interviewed uh, Venla Tanhua uh, early on in the season, that episode of the podcast was I think it is the most downloaded episode we've had this year. So there's a lot of people, whether they speak English or otherwise, wanting to listen um to, to things that she has to say. She was, of course, um voted as the uh, pitcher of the month uh, when when we recorded that as well. Uh, just uh, just a quick side note. Uh I also did a video video interview with her uh to our Vekal show and uh it's the most down and not downloaded, but it's the most watched episode in the interview that we have done the whole season, and it actually compares like it goes above <laughs> like uh, all the football <laughs> sessions that we have done. And I said that look, it's uh, it's not because of my face. It's like <laughs> it's it's because who we had there. But she's a, like a great example, that outspoken person who works uh, at the university or so on. So. Uh, those are the opportunities and those are the kind of people that we have in the game and we just need to like to raise them up so people know about those sides of the game. So moving on then to the next matchup, we have um, Kirikteret versus uh, Ferrer from Rauma. Um, again, for me, this is this is more of a 
more one-sided contest perhaps than Borin Vasa to a certain degree. Um, I see Kiritret walking at this one. There's a lot of um, potential still uh, in that Kiritret side. And uh, we know that this is uh, going to be Amakurka's last season, or last season for now. We know that she uh, took some time away from the sport before, but certainly it's being billed as her, her final season. Um, I get the impression they'll want to really push for um, at least reaching the final, but they, they'll want to win. They'll want to put right some wrongs um, from last year. Uh, Ron, your thoughts? Um, there's no way I'm going to bet against Kyrdorette. Um Just not going to do that. I mean, they're, they, they, I would say they're diminished. I'd say that the game has raised this level to keep up with them after the dominance of the last, you know, last really the last 20 years. You know, of what that club has done is astounding. And having visited, just astounding to see what they've done building that club. Um, so, yeah, they won't have any problems in this series. Um, if Rama gets a game, that's a huge, huge accomplishment for them. And it's possible. Um, but I'd say Curator out in four tops. Miko, your thoughts? It's going to be a sweep. And uh, watching today's game, it's like uh, the teams are going to opposite directions Gretaret are on the rise they have found some balance to their game after some like a lot of turbulence that has been going on around the season and to after that that somehow you get the sensation that they have this like whatever tomorrow brings kind of attitude that like we're just playing for this season and then we'll see what happens like when uh when we get the whole like coaching team for next season and what happens with Emma Gurka and so on but now those things are just completely somewhere like outside of this world and now they are living in this bubble where they just want to uh, win for themselves and for her like after what she's done for the for the for the franchise and uh, so on, but yeah, it's gonna be a sweep because uh, Vera is uh, declining rapidly, and uh, yeah, today's game was very lopsided. Our final matchup uh, then for the women's uh, playoffs is uh, Lapua and Senio and Milo Yusit. Again, pretty pretty one-sided for me. Um, Lapua have this one, although I wouldn't be surprised if um, Senioki do take a win. Um, but uh, Lapua are playing too well, uh, I think, to to let uh, Senioki into this series, really. Uh, Ron, your thoughts? Yeah, Um you know, Lapua has a tale of two cities. The team can be really, really good or really, really not good. So depending on what, what Lapua team you get, um, I do not see a world where SMJ can score, like, we can win three games. Like, that seems hard for me to imagine. But this is one of those series where either either Virkia sweeps or it goes five games. Like, it just, it just, it just, that team is, so, for the last couple of years, the team is just so wishy-washy about how they play sometimes you're like oh my gosh they're finally the champs they're going to be back and sometimes you watch them and you're like oh i guess not so 
I'd say uh, I'll say I'll say Lapua in four. Well, yeah, uh, this is the one where I will have to probably arm wrestle Ron because I'm gonna say Senayoki in five because they are the team on the rise. Uh, Lapua has been good, but not great. I mean, on their day, they are a team that can beat anyone and. On their off day, they are a team who can be beaten by anyone. And they, I mean, I think it's easier to say that they can make a close game out of any game. I mean, against any team. And there are a lot of like positive signs coming from Kid right now. And they have like picked up, they have gained some momentum. They were somewhere around seventh or eighth. And I was kind of like putting them down and I was saying that okay this this is not looking good but in the end they got some like decent results and they surpassed Fera for example to get the fifth place now they are facing the hurdle that they need to do that it's it's like their seventh season if I remember correctly in the women's super passes they have reached the playoffs on each season but they haven't been able to reach the semi-finals and it's uh it's one of those things that now now they have a legitimate shot and i i think it will go down to the fifth game uh, well once they get the series started if we get the storm out of the way but but yeah um just for the sake of the argument i will say say in five Well, we'll be waiting with great anticipation uh, on all of these uh, series, but certainly that one, um, because of course, the, as you say, we had a postponed game uh, due to the uh, the poor weather uh, at the moment. But that'll do it for our um, previews of the first round of the postseason uh, matchups, and in fact, that'll do it for this episode as well. So, of course, I want to thank my guests, uh, Mikko Pirhonen. Thanks, guys. It's uh, it's getting interesting now. Like uh, I think there's some electricity here. So in every sense of the word, but yeah, it's just looking forward uh, to the next couple of weeks. And of course, uh, Ron Bronson as well. Good to see you again. Good to see you as well. Looking forward to seeing how it all plays out. We know there'll be some fireworks. <laughs> Um, and that just leaves me, uh, your host, Ian Alba. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. If you've liked what you've heard, and I hope you have, then please like or subscribe to the podcast. And please do leave us a comment. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you want to read more, then please follow um, my writings on the blog. That's uh, superpesisroundup.wordpress.com. You'll also see me writing from time to time for uh, Hamina's website, and also for uh, the Portolina website as well. You can also follow me on uh, Twitter and on Facebook at SuperPesisR. But until next time, we'll see how all those games play out, and we'll see you soon. Something that's hidden far